0: Hello and welcome to the broadcast. This is a ministry of North Harford Baptist Church in Jarrettsville, Maryland. Visit us online at northharford.org. Week 16, the second commandment. Now this is a longer one because what's added to the commandment is what's called a threat or a reminder of penalty, but also a reminder of God's faithfulness. And that is to emphasize the importance Not only of this commandment, but also of worshiping God in general. What is the second commandment? You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. So two things there, worshiping and serving. Don't do it. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. The common way to do false worship in that ancient world was to carve something out of wood or make a sculpture out of stone call it God, worship it as God, and usually that would be representing something else in creation. Yeah, a sun god, a moon god, something like that. A sea god, a god of uh, like fertility for the fields. So, but remember, this is representative of a deeper concept. That's not the only way to worship God uh, falsely or to worship a false god. So let's go down to the interpretation. Second question, what does the second commandment require of us? It's actually pretty simple. If you guys read this with me, you'll see how simple this is. It requires us to worship and serve God the way God says to worship and serve him in his Word. It's Pretty simple, right? right? We must do so from a pure heart and a humble spirit of faith. What that means is we're not just going through the motions. We're not just coming to church and doing church and sitting through it just so that we can finally get... Go home and get on to what's really important. No, we want to worship God from our hearts. But then outwardly, you know, the things that we do in worship and service to God, we do what he wants us to do. Uh, the next question, what does the second commandment forbid? Well, it forbids us from worshiping God however we want. Right? That makes sense, right? Again, it's very simple. You guys can think about um, being kids and trying to obey mom and dad, right? Mom and dad don't want you to act in the house however you want to act, right? They don't want you to be selfish. They don't want you to talk back. They don't want you to ignore them and not do your chores. And you, you know, all the kids in here can think of all kinds of examples. But your job as a child is not to live however you want and do whatever you want, but it's to obey your parents. Well, as humans, it's the same thing. God doesn't want us to worship him and serve him however we want. You can finish reading that paragraph with me. We must not worship God simply based on tradition, which just means this is the way people have always done it, so this is the way we'll do it forever, or imagination, or personal opinions and desires. If we do any of this, we treat things in the world as if they are God, right? We don't want to treat things in the world as if they're God. That's really if you want to, you know, dig underneath, what's the real problem with false worship? It's treating God like he's not God, and it's treating things like they are God. That's the problem. What does the second commandment teach us about God? It teaches us that God is the God of truth, and therefore must be worshipped based on truth. To worship based on lies is to not worship at all. Imagine if you're in a conversation with someone at school or wherever, and everything you say, they hear the opposite. And so they accuse you of saying one thing. And you say, no, that's not what I said. That's not what I believe. Here's what I believe. But again, they, they, they accuse you of saying something different. They're not tracking with the things you're actually saying, the truth. Well, in the same way, God tells us about himself, and he tells us how to worship himself. That's how we worship him. He's a God of truth. You know, what does this mean for Christians? Living under the new covenant in Christ's blood, our worship is centered on him, Christ. And dependent on his spirit. Always, 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 always. To be Christian. To live as Christian. To worship and serve as a Christian. is For our hearts to be centered on Christ. And dependent on his spirit. We devote ourselves to reading. And preaching God's word. Praying and singing to him. And celebrating baptism and the Lord's Supper. Faithfully till Christ returns. We worship faithfully, joyfully, and full of hope. So again, the heart is important. John 4, 23 through 24, Jesus says, The hour is coming and is now here when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. You know, the simplicity of Christian worship uh, is meant so that, our hearts and our minds don't get distracted by things of the world or by our own opinions and, and personal desires, but are able to focus on Jesus Christ and what he's done for us in his life, death, and resurrection. And so we, if you can go back up to that second to last paragraph, this is how we worship. You know, his Word, reading it, studying it, you could do that by yourself. But we also do that as a church. You praying and singing to him, you could do that by yourself. We also do that as a church. And then these last ones we do as a church. Baptism and the Lord's Supper. Very simple. Very simple pattern of Christian worship.